Welcome to Vicious Talk with Benny P. Today's episode, our week six NFL picks against the lines. Bringing back, bringing back my good friend and co-host, Connor Larson. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, what's popping, Benny P? What is popping? Amped for the upcoming slate of games, buddy? Absolutely. A lot more energy right now. It's a, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon as opposed to, you know, our, our normal recording time at like 11. So this is yeah. great. it's been a bear trying to manage our schedules with the you on the East coast, me on the West coast. I'll tell you what though, we have daylight saving times coming up. Arizona does not observe daylight saving time. So we will have a two hour difference instead of the three hour difference. If that helps at all. Hey, that's something, you know, something (laughs) we might, we might not have to uh, record like midnight to 1am recordings for you (laughs) um, as often, at least. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. We are coming into this, this um, episode, our second pod of the week. We were able to get in our, uh, our week five reactions earlier this week. I'd recommend going back, listen to that. We've had a lot of good discussions about fantasy advice and, and things to look forward for fantasy football going forward into week six. And this pod, we're going to try to cut it uh, pretty brief. We're recording this on Saturday, the, the day before the Sunday slate of games, obviously. And with that in mind, you know, not as much time left before um, these games get going. We're going to try to cut down this podcast in terms of time. Um, so we're just going to highlight a few of our favorite games, uh, not all of them. And, and if you do um, want to l- look at all of our opinions for each, uh, each of the games this week, we're going to have them up on our website, allthingsanalysis.com. We're going to do our picks against the spreads. We've been doing pretty good on those. Um, I, I believe um, we were just about over, we were over 500 barely um, last week. And uh, we're going to continue to um, just you know, keep it, keep it grooving. We got more data under our belts. We're it's getting easier for us. Uh, we got some great analysis heading into week six. I'm looking forward to, um, you know, this, this upcoming slate of games and the matchups, we got some exciting games on the docket and we're going to highlight some of our favorites here. Oh yeah, brother. Without all that said, let's get into our week six slate of games. We're going to talk about, like I said, just a few games, some of our favorite bets of the week as well. Um, and, and the rest of our picks are going to go up on the website, but let's kick it off with the Kansas city chiefs taking on the Washington football team in Washington. We wanted to highlight this game because the chiefs are one of the league's most interesting storylines coming into this week. They're two and three, something they're not familiar with some of the most adversity they've faced as a franchise in many years, really ever since Mahomes took over at quarterback and um, things haven't been going right for them. They have a defense that everybody continues to talk about. This is 32nd in defensive DVOA. They're really struggling to kick off the season teams opposing offenses are really moving the football against them. Um, and then on the other side, you know, the, go figure the offense is first in success rate first in EPA per play. And uh, people want to try to point the finger at Patrick Mahomes and, you know, six interceptions in five games. Yeah. There is, there is some, vulnerability some chinks in his armor but he's still Patrick Mahomes and he's still this offense is still what it is what it has been and they're elite on that side of the football and the problem is obviously their defense do you think that things start to get better for them here in week six how does this matchup play out with you uh, what how do you think this matchup plays out against Washington in week six yeah, I think some of the criticisms against Patrick Mahomes are unwarranted. If you look at his statistics year to date, he has one of the best QBRs in the league. He's still performing, you know, near the, you know, in that top he, five range. He's that first we see. this year in QBR. He's first. Yeah, there you go. So like the, the haters can quiet down. Last game was an absolute monsoon. He literally hit Tyreek Hill 
with the ball in his hands, you know, and it squirted through the defense, had a pick six there. So that extended the lead and uh, was a big reason that that game ended up being drowned out for them. But, you know, I think Patrick Mahomes is fine. I think this defense will improve throughout the year. I'm not worried about the chiefs being able to cover the spread against Washington. Washington doesn't look good. You know, they're already starting a backup quarterback. Heineke is serviceable, but I feel like, you know, the defense isn't that strong and not nearly as strong as predicted. I think the chiefs are going to say, Hey, you know, we're still here. We're still at the top of the league and they're going to smash this week. No, I think we're on the same page with this one. And the reason why we wanted to highlight it was because um, we're not going to stand for this Mahomes slander. I, I like it's the guy's, the, the, the guy is still elite. He's first in QBR. Like I said, this team is first in EPA per play first in offensive success rate. They're fifth in total offensive points scored per game, 29.4. The defense is the, is their problem. And I, that that's going to be the major question mark on whether or not this team succeeds. And it's a legit question because I don't, I don't care how good your offense is. If you have the worst defense in the league, which they currently do, I don't know how, how successful your team can be. And that's going to pose a major problem for them going forward. But in this match specifically, um, Washington just, uh, they, they don't have the strengths to capitalize on the chiefs, on the chiefs defense, um, on the chiefs, in, their weaknesses in general. I mean, the, the Washington defense is 28th in DVOA. So while the chiefs have their problems, Washington has their own as well. And I think this is going to be a high scoring affair. It's a high point total 56, but I still lean the over if I had to pick there. Um, I just think that, the public in general, you know, we've seen in gambling circles, the Chiefs are just 9-15, and 15, including postseason games, against the spread since the start of last season. That's the second worst mark in the NFL. Only the, only the Jets, I believe, are, are worse against the spread over the last two years. One reason I, I think they haven't done well against the spread is, you know, inherently the public has had a general po- positivity, a general positive, you know, conception of the of the chiefs and that's oftentimes reflected in their lines their spreads in the games like you just kind of have a, a biased perception that chiefs are always w- one of the league's best team if not the best team in the league and that's reflected in the gambling circles you know the part of you know setting lines in vegas is you have to take into account how the uh the public feels about a specific team and the chief spreads have been i think pushed in um in their direction oftentimes over the last few years last couple of years. And I think that is starting to normalize a little bit now that, you know, the public has begun evaluating the chiefs through a more pessimistic lens. And I think it's a strong possibility that we start to see them maybe normalize with these, these covers against the spread, you know, nine and 15 over the last two years, I think we've started to see them cover more going forward. If these spreads continue to shrink, I mean, the look ahead line on this, I'm going to double check on this, but look ahead line for this Washington chiefs game was, um, you know, it hasn't really moved much over the last week. So not really uh, proving my point there, but my point is like the, this line probably preseason was about a 10 or, or a seven or eight at least. Um, and the chiefs are moving in uh, a direction that's going to give them more value in gambling circles is my point. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're five and zero oh against the spread against their last five in their last five games against the Washington football team. And, you know, they haven't really faced that face each other many times over the last few years. So those, those games date back pretty far, but Kansas city has owned Washington when the times that they played them, I think this is a good spot for the chiefs to get their, get their, their game. Right. Um, and you know, the bank, the, the banged up Washington offense is still a worry 
for them. I know they, like you said, they're playing the backup quarterback. McLaurin is injured. Um, he's p- looking like he's going to give it a go, but he's he's got to be less than 100%. I think Deami Brown is less than 100%. since yeah. less than 100%. Their offensive line has cluster injuries. So Logan Thomas is out. Logan Thomas is out. So there's just a lot to be worried about for Washington. I think this is a great get right spot for the Chiefs. I'm pretty, I'm pretty comfortable laying the six and a half points. Not one of my best bets just because of how large the spread is and how uh, pos- how it could be possible for Washington to get a backdoor cover with. I don't think this defense for the Chiefs is going to have any um, success slowing down Washington's offense in general. Um, but I just think this is going to be a great spot for Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense to really um, you know, revitalize some of the optimistic perception of this team in this week. 100%. Okay. So we're both on Chiefs minus six. Yep. As the public opinion sours on them, give me, give me value plays in the Chiefs. It's very rare to hear that, you know, because you said they've been looked at as the king. And so that means that they're, you're usually overvalued in terms of the spread, but I finally think that we have a chance to get some value here. Exactly. Okay. Next matchup, Minnesota Vikings at the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. The Vikings are laying one and a half points, a 45 and a half point over under total. This is a, this is probably the most evenly matched game of the week for me. Two teams are very similar. They both have high, high quality defenses. The Panthers are second in defensive DVOA. Vikings are eighth and both offenses have been volatile over recent weeks. They they've shown flashes of impressive performances, performances, especially early in the season. And they were both very disappointing in week five last week. So you know, Carolina comes into this game 22nd in offensive uh, success rate. The Vikings are 23rd. This is going to be an incredibly hard fought battle. And I think it's ultimately going to make for a low scoring affair. You know, no Christian McCaffrey once again for Carolina. He's, he was put on IR earlier this week. Going to be out. So I think week nine at the earliest is what they're saying. Um, and you have to miss three games automatically with being put on IR. So, um, that's a big blow for this Carolina offense. And it's that, that absence McCaffrey's absence really started to get felt. It seemed like last week, they had a 37% success rate running the football last week. And um, Sam Donald was clearly missing his check down safety blanket with McCaffrey. He threw three interceptions in the game. You know, Donald has uh, how many rushing touchdowns on the year? Four. Five, four or five. I think five, maybe that's a, that's a rate. That's probably not sustainable for him. Yeah, I know he 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 has some ability with the feet, but that's like a historic rate for rushing the football um, as a quarterback. So that's kind of some added value that they probably can't bank on going forward. Um, so it's it's this is going to be a back and forth game, and it really it's going to come down to for me which defense can put the opposing quarterback in enough pressure to make some difference them difference uh, some game changing plays. Because both quarterbacks struggle tremendously under pressure. Darnold sees an 18.9 point dip in PFF's passing grades uh, system when throwing under pressure versus a clean pocket. Cousins sees a 34.1 point dip when under pressure compared to a clean pocket. So both these teams really, both these quarterbacks really struggle when put under duress. It's going to be up to the defenses to really make that happen. And you know, the Panthers offense kind of has a disadvantage in the offensive line. So Minnesota's actually their offensive line ranks third in pass protection, according to football outsiders, Carolina's ranks 24th. Um, but, you know, Carolina's pass rush, they're first in pass block win rate on defense. So 57% of the time they're winning on pass blocking 
on defense, according to ESPN's metrics, Minnesota's pass rush is 23rd in pass rush win rate, 38%. So really it seems like the scales are like practically even it's Mm -hmm. as, it's as close to even as possible based on these numbers I'm giving you. And I think, you know, seeing which quarterback is under the most duress in this matchup is going to be the key indicator of how this one's going to play out. Yeah. And I, I think what could be a big factor is if Dalvin cook is healthy and Christian McCaffrey is out in this game. Um, you know, two of the guys that you could argue all season long first or second in fantasy football drafts. Right. Yeah. And if you have a healthy Dal- Dalvin cook and Madison's a serviceable running back, but the home run playability that Dalvin cook has is just another level. And it kind of keeps um, the defense on their heels a little bit. And I think it should open up some plays for Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, um, especially if the Vikings O-line is able to protect Kirk Cousins and they're able to establish some run. It'll open up the play action a little bit. Um, So if he is healthy and out there on 70 to 80% of plays, I do like Minnesota in this game. But if they don't have that second level of dynamicism, um, you know, they're much less dynamic offense without Dalvin Cook on the field then it, it is much more of a toss up for me. Um, but if, if cook is healthy, I do lean Minnesota in this one. Yeah. It's, it's tough to lean one way or the other for me. Um, you know, this game line opened up Carolina were the favorites. They were minus three. It swung a full four and a half points. Now back to Minnesota's direction. Does Minnesota feel to you that they performed four and a half points better than Carolina? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like the fact that McCaffrey's out. That's the biggest knock for me. And if McCaffrey was playing in this one, I would be hammering the Panthers pretty hard. I think he's one of the only, he's one of the very few non quarterback players in the NFL that can swing a a gambling line pretty significantly. I think he's, you know, maybe a two to two and a half point swing almost. Right. And Uh, then that would cover a lot of what we saw on the line moving. Now that we have clarity, he's going to miss this game because he was, you know, 50, 50 to play. And a lot of people were projecting that he was going to be in this game. So I think that is a large explanation for why the public opinion has yeah. largely shifted and the gambling lines have followed. Very true. Very true. And I think, you know, I'm leaning Panthers plus one and a half because I think th- I trust this defense more than Minnesota's Par- mm-hmm. Panthers defense is really, really good. And I do love the fact that this team wants to clearly win. Now they have a strategy. This is the, this is the game. This is a, a year that Panthers want to win some playoff games. They want to make the playoffs and they want to win some, they traded for Stefan Gilmore. They traded for CJ Anderson. They're, you know, JC Horn went down and they filled those gaps really quickly. They really, they really want to emphasize the importance of this season. And we're seeing that in the way this team is operating. I think that, you know, they, they have a hungerness to them that I don't know. Minnesota is just start, barely starting to show. Maybe, you know, they were talking about how cousins, like it was funny that he like yelled and shook Mike Zimmer after they won last week. And Zimmer was like, I, I've been telling him, I want to see more emotion from him. And, and I like that he yelled at me and like, it's like, that's just a weird story, man. Like he's, he's NFL quarterback and he should be, he should be passionate and want to win at, at all points. He shouldn't be reminded of that. Like he, they were, he cousins is just, he's too up and down for me. And I, I just think Carolina's defense is going to be the difference maker in this one. I'd like to see them maybe get a few turnovers on that side of the football as well. 
Um, but ultimately my best bet of this game is the under 45 and a half. That point total is too high for me. Um, these two teams are just so evenly matched. I, I really think this is going to be a low scoring affair. Um, I'm going to take the Panthers in the points. It's, it's yeah. a close game, but I'm, I'm you, you bring up a great point in mentioning Stefan Gilmore. Is he, is he going to be active in this game? I don't believe so. Um, he's still shaking off some of his early injuries, but okay. let's give that a quick look. Um, yeah, I, I believe he's still, he's still um, going to be inactive going, going into this matchup, but um, somebody who obviously if he's on the field could be a difference maker, at least season long for this team, you know, filling that hole with JC Horn. So that was a very nice pickup. Yeah. I just Even think if that, he doesn't make an impact right away, he'll, he'll definitely have an impact on their, right? on their outlook. I mean, that just, what does that tell your team when you, when you go out and acquire the, the defensive player of the year, just two years ago, I mean, this guy, I, he, there's no way he's dropped off in talent that significantly where he's not going to be a difference maker for them. So mm-hmm. I, I, I just think that the Panthers have more juice to them than, than, than the, the Vikings. So I, uh, like I said, so evenly matched game. Ultimately I'm taking the under 45 and a half points. That's my, that's my, where my personal dough is going to go on this game. Um, but I, I lean Panthers in the pick. All right. Me and Kirk, we don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Next matchup, Los Angeles chargers taking on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. This is like the best game of the week for me. Um, you know, Baltimore's minus three is the spread 52 and a half point total is the over under this game is two of, you know, the, the most hot, the red hot teams in the NFL right now. It's like in NBA in NBA showtime, when, you know, that old Nintendo game or the arcade game, you hit like three threes in a row and your guy's on fire when he gets the ball. Like that's, that's both these teams right now. These guys are on fire and um, there's, they have so much momentum at their backs. They have, both have so much swagger and two quarterbacks that are just hitting the peak of their, their careers at this point. I don't think these quarterbacks have ever played any better Lamar and Justin Herbert. And I'm not saying this is their peak, but this is the best either of them have, have ever played. I could see them both improving, but right. my, like I, I, these guys are playing out of their minds. You know, these two young quarterbacks rank fourth and fifth in P, uh, PFS passer grades right now. I, I, this is such a t- that close, close matchup. What are your thoughts with this one? It's going to be such a fun game. I think we see a lot of a, a repeat of what we saw last week with like the Ravens and the Colts. And, and on the other side, the Chargers had a monster offensive output as well. The over under is pretty high at 52 and a half, but I could easily see this one going over with how dynamic both of these offenses are. Yeah. Uh, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams are all near the top at their position, respectively. Uh, Justin Herbert's playing out of his mind, like you already mentioned. And then we finally saw that breakout game from Mark Andrews where he exploded. Hollywood has definitely taken a step up this year, and that connection with Lamar Jackson has improved. And if Rashad Bateman uh, plays for this team as well, then I could see the um, Ravens taking another step up. So I kind of like the over in this one. I like taking pieces of this game in DFS. I think this is going to be a really fun one to watch. Um, I love the Chargers as a team. I think they're better than the Ravens. So the fact that the Ravens are favored has me leaning on the Chargers. I think Herbert is one of the likely favorites for MVP this year, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tend to agree with you on this one. Um, right now it seems like, you know, home field advantage is not necessarily the usual three points. And, you know, this game is in Baltimore Ravens minus three. It seems like that three points is probably more or less accounted for 
in the home field advantage. But based on, you know, some of the advanced stats, I listened to the RJ Bell dream preview podcast, Steve Fezzik, um, he's a Vegas gambler, someone that, you know, actually Vegas books really dislike because he's just such a prick about the way he bets. And he's like, he's just a super, um, like slimy gambler. And he actually really has a great grasp of like how just gambling works. I don't think he's the best at like actual NFL handicapping, understanding like NFL football, like trends and like real football analysis, but he really gets gambling and, and, and understands like how lines move, what, you know, Vegas books are thinking when they set lines, like those types of things. He says that, you know, a home field advantage right now, he calculates to be about actually minus two to me, like two points to two and a half points, definitely not three. Um, depending on, you know, the home, the home field, Baltimore probably has one of the better home field advantages. So maybe it's like 2.75 if I had to guess. Um, but the point is like, maybe there is a little bit of value for the chargers. I think this feels like two teams that it's, it's virtually a pick em game. It's it, they're very close in talent. Um, and I, I ultimately just think the chargers have a better defense. I think that they have more, uh, uh explosive off- offensive weapons, you know, minus Lamar Jackson, on the quarterback side, you know, it's a, it's a coin toss between Herbert and Jackson in, in terms of who you pick, but really across the board, other than that, the chargers have the advantage in receivers. They have the advantage at running back. They have the advantage, I think at offensive line as well. So it's, let it's, me ask you this, Ben, would you, would you prefer to have Justin Herbert's arm or Lamar Jackson's legs? I mean, both. <laughs> it's, it's a cop out answer, but it's, it's impossible to pick. Because, and what's interesting too, is like Lamar has been forced to throw the ball more than he ever has this year. And he's, he's answered with, with ringing confidence. He's having the best passing season of his career so far, especially the last few games, he's been on fire throwing the football and the strategy for opposing defenses against Baltimore has been to keep Lamar contained in the pocket, force him to throw the football. And it has not worked out well for these teams. Lamar is throwing the ball. Excellent. And he's like, he's getting real creative in the ways that he throws the ball as well. Like Robert Mays on the, on the athletic football show, uh, his podcast, really excellent football analyst um, really understands the game uh, at a high level brings on excellent guests to talk about, um, you know, trends that they see with teams. And he has been amped to see what Lamar has done with his passing game, you know, and, and really what's most impressive is the way, and when you watch Lamar, you understand, you know, you know, you're right. He's right. When he says this, he's using his athleticism to his advantage when he throws the football, like his footwork is impeccable. It's impeccable. He, he he's setting his feet and like doing things that other quarterbacks can't do in terms of combining the athleticism and the elite accuracy and arm strength that Lamar is, is putting on his throws. It's, it's impressive. It's things that we haven't seen very often. It's like almost, it's almost like, you know, in sixth grade, when you, you know, you Catholic Catholic league flag football, you get that one athlete that's just better than the rest of them. It looks like that almost like he's like, he's just, he's just more athletic, more capable and, and faster than everybody else on the football field. And it's just been a pleasure to watch. And it's, it's, it's going to be an exciting matchup to see Herbert and Lamar face off this weekend. I can't wait to watch it. Fantastic. I mean, Lamar, former MVP, Justin Herbert, future MVP. This is going to be an absolutely explosive matchup. Super fun. But yep. yeah, I think we're both on the chargers. I think yep. they're, they're just the better well-rounded team on all sides of the football. Yeah. Chargers are eight and one straight up over the last nine games. They're also eight and one against the spread in those nine, you know, Baltimore, they're five and zero oh straight up in their last five home games. This is going to line up to be a dog fight between two of the team, the league's most premier teams. Um, 
And I'm going to take the charges and the points, you know, with such an evenly matched, I'm taking the points in this one. Also one, one last split to keep an eye on. I think it's going to be a really fun time to watch how these teams perform on third and fourth downs in terms of offensive efficiency. Baltimore's offense ranks fifth in success rate on third and fourth downs, 54% Chargers rank eighth, you know, the bread and butter for the Chargers has been their excellent, you know, their aggressive place play calling on fourth down. Brandon Staley has, uh, you know, he's an early leader for coach of the year right now. He's doing an excellent job there. And his press conferences are must must watch TV. He's been an awesome voice for this team. It really seems to bring an identity already through five weeks for this Chargers team. And it's been a pleasure to watch there. And these two teams are going to match up incredibly well on third and fourth downs in these critical situations. Um, you know, the defense for Baltimore ranks sixth in success rate allowed against opposing pass rush attempts and 16th in, in opposing pass attempts, um, rush attempts. Sorry. First one was they're, they're sixth in opposing rush attempts, 16th in pass attempts for their defense charges, defense 31st in opposing rush rate um, on third and fourth downs and 23rd in pass success. So the Chargers are a better pass defense, um, which is what the, the Baltimore Ravens have been, you know, banking on recent weeks, Baltimore, you know, they've been identified as a great rushing team. They don't have the running backs to do that anymore. Latavius Murray and Devonte Freeman are not what they used to be. We'll have to see if Lamar breaks out the legs, the wet, the, the feet, you know, the rushing game that he, you know, he was known for, and he had, definitely can get back to it. I just, um, I think the Chargers are going to be game playing to try to contain him like other teams have, and they're going to bank on their secondary just being better than the rest of the others that, you know, Baltimore has been facing, but great, great matchup. They both have strengths and weaknesses that kind of play off each other. And I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. I think this is the game of the week. Yeah. All right. Chargers plus three is the way we both lean on that one. All right. Last matchup we want to talk about and the rest of our picture can go up on the, on the site, Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns Browns minus three 49 is the over under point total. I want to talk about this game because these are just two teams that I think both rank in like the top eight in DBOA right now. The Browns are um, actually sixth. So the, you know, the Cardinals are third in DBOA Car- uh, Browns are fit um, sixth. So choose two teams uh, that are, incredibly incredibly talented and yeah. um where do they rank for us ben <laughs> we I, I have, yeah so we have them at five and nine in, in ata yeah i had the browns i think at seven i think you had them a little lower um but we actually have both of them at nine now i'm oh, seeing nine in your rankings okay so i must have moved them down this week i, I um I, this is some teams that are starting to, to leapfrog them a little bit. I think Baltimore, yeah. Baltimore they moved minus been, one on us in, in, in yeah. a week. I think, I think it's being made primarily because Baltimore and Dallas have been performing so well that I had to move the Browns down mm-hmm. a little bit, but um, these two teams are, are really just, <laughs> it's just a great matchup. Another one that, that this is why we highlighted the games that we did because these two teams are very evenly matched. And I wish the Cardinals didn't have so much stacked against them in this game, because I think this is going to build well for the Browns. We both lean Browns minus three in this game. I don't want to speak, speak for you too, too quickly, but um, you know, Arizona has so much against them. Cliff, Cliff uh, co- head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, who has been surprisingly really good this year as a head coach, you know, tested positive for COVID along with quarterbacks, coach Cam Turner, no defensive tackle, Zach Allen, all had positive COVID-19 tests. Kyler Murray picked up the shoulder injury injury recently. You know, they've been trying to keep that as quiet as possible, but we saw last year what a shoulder injury can do to him. He was highly, um, he was much less effective 
after the shoulder injury last year. Uh, and what we saw was his less willing, his lower willingness to run the football and take hits. And he didn't want to do that. And we saw that kind of impacted last week. He had seven rush attempts for just one yard on a 14% success rate last week, running the football. This screams to be like a letdown spot for Arizona. They're the, they're the final remaining undefeated team in the NFL. And it seems like the public is ready for them to take their first loss of the season. I could see them losing this game and still remaining, you know, positive in the public's mindset. But if they win this one, people are going to start thinking about them as Super Bowl contenders. So this is a really, this is a big opportunity for them. If they win this football game, if Kyler Murray goes into Cleveland and leads the Cardinals to a victory against a Cleveland Browns team that is highly consistent and talented and wins in the trenches and wins down and dirty and, and runs the football better than anybody else in the league. Like Cleveland's floor is so high week to week. This is, they're not going to lay an egg against the Cardinals. So the Cardinals are going to have to bring their a game. If they go into Cleveland and win it, man, it's going to be impressive. So this is definitely a, a must watch fo- football game this week. Yeah. I, this is a fantastic game. Probably second in our rankings in terms of, game of the week two fantastic teams as well both the the Chargers and ravens ranked a little bit higher in our power rankings and i think that's why we wanted to highlight that one plus we think there's going to be a little bit more offensive explosiveness um, especially with a dinged up kyler murray this i think could actually be a major impact and in, in is the largest reason in why i'm picking the way i'm picking in this game um, last year when healthy Kyler Murray was the number one quarterback in the NFL in terms of fantasy rankings, his output was fantastic. He was explosive rushing the ball. We see a more of a hesitancy when he's dealing with an injury, whether it be a leg or an arm injury, he's less likely to move out of the pocket. They're much more conservative on offense. And he actually was, is a lot more inaccurate. And we have seen a dip in his play since the first couple of weeks of the season. And I think this could be um, an issue relating to that shoulder injury from last year, possibly a re-injury or just something that's going to impact his play at least. Uh, And I think that's going to cap Arizona's ceiling in terms of their output. And that's going to be difficult for them going against a team with such a strong rush as the Cleveland Browns. Um, So I think that I'm going to be leaning on the Browns in this one just because of that mainly is going to be the deciding factor. Definitely. Definitely. The Cardinals defense has been the surprising factor of this team. And we, we saw them actually finish top 10 in DVOA last year and people were kind of penciling them in for some negative, negative progression this year. You know, people were not that high on their team and they come into this one third in the defensive DVOA or actually third in pass DVOA 13th in rush DVOA. So they're, um, they're more vulnerable against the run, which bodes well for Cleveland's offensive attack. You know, they lead the league in rushing no Nick Chubb in this game, but still Kareem Hunt's more than capable of picking up the slack. As long as he is able to get, you know, 80% of the work share. I think Dearness Johnson gets a little bit of work and uh, uh, Felton. I can't, I can't remember Felton's uh, first name. He's a rookie gadget back. He'll get some added. I, I immediately added thought of well. Raymond Felton, the former basketball, yeah, player. former basketball player. I think it's an R too. I think his first name is R it's like Ramitri Felton. I think um, I expect the Browns to, to get their statement win in this matchup, you know, they had their heartbreaking loss last week. They come into this game, highly motivated to beat the NFL's last remaining undefeated team. This would be a good motivating, you know, momentum building victory for them. And um, you know, if Arizona is going to win this game, they're going to need to kind of muck it up. Their pass rush is going to be key. You know, Baker sees a 39.3 point drop off in PFF's passing grade when under pressure versus that clean pocket. Um, But you know, the Browns, Offensive line, best in the league in pass block win rate, 74%. 
and the Cardinals defense ranked 16th in pass rush win rate. Keeping Baker out of duress is going to be a critical factor for this game. Baker is going to need a clean pocket. He's currently being pressured on just 27.5% of his dropbacks. According to PFF, that's the 29th lowest rate amongst qualifying quarterbacks. So Baker keep his Jersey clean for the Cleveland offensive line. That's their goal. If they do that, I think they, they, uh, you know, march to a victory here against the, uh, the NFL's last remaining unbeaten team. It's going to be a good one though. We're both. Yeah, on, yeah, so definitely. to wrap it up, we're both Browns minus three, right? Yep. Okay. All right, Connor, that's going to do it for our picks. Again, go to our website. We got the rest up there. Let's roll into some DFS lineups for the week. We got our values and our plays here. Um, Connor has been doing a good job listing out some of the DFS trends that we can't necessarily get to here on the pod, but we do like listing off our lineups for the week and uh, we could share those on social as well. Connor, do you have the results from last week by, by chance? Yeah. Last week was a better week uh, for you than me. I want to say you put up 148, but uh, I had a rough week with some injuries. Um, let me see if I can pull them up. I had uh, Daniel Jones as my quarterback, and that really hurt me. Um, yeah, I, I, I was having a good week. I was having a good week until that kind of happened. Um, I you know I, what, what I was really proud of is we talked about this last two weeks. I had Kadarius Tony on my DFS the last two weeks in a row. It was a great value. We're starting to lose that value this week. You know, Sterling Shepard comes back. He's also yeah. priced, I think, like $1,000 or $1,500 more this week than he was last week. So, Kadarius Tony is still a great player. You know, could still have a, another big game this week. But with the kind of injuries that he's picked up, he had an ankle problem. Uh, he picked up in that, in that beautiful toe drag catch that he had last week. Um, I, I just, I, he wasn't as good of a value for me this week. He's going he's gonna to be out of my lineup. Yeah, you had 149 last week and you really missed out because Daniel Jones only got five leaving that game in the first half. So, you know, with Tony putting up 32, that stack would have been very beneficial. You easily would have been a lot higher. On the other hand, I only put up 92. It was the worst output for me of the week. I was really let down by Marvin Jones, Jalen Waddle, Max Williams went down with injury at the tight yeah. end position. So a lot of letdowns in my roster. DJ Moore only had nine points. He was kind of the guy I was banking on there against the Philly D defense um derrick henry was really the only buddy for only person on my team who went off kind of missed the the chargers players there who really went crazy uh, and would have been the best stack if you had you know mike williams and and uh, austin eckler and justin herbert last week or uh, you know even tom brady put up 40 points definitely definitely all right buddy you want to read us off your week six lineup yeah, so I'm feeling great about week six. I'm going to try and follow the trends that I missed out on last week. And I'm going to go right ahead with Justin Herbert, um, a guy we were talking about in, in the game of the week. We all want uh, pieces of this one because there's going to be a lot of offensive output. I think he's an absolute smash. He's playing just as good as any single quarterback in the league right now. Um, additionally, in, in what we think is the second best game of the week, I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt. I think there should be plenty of ground and pound for uh, Cleveland Browns, especially with um, Nick Chubb being ruled out in this game at 6,200. Kareem Hunt seeing almost all of the workload. If he does play, uh, he has a questionable tag, so watch out for that one. But I love Kareem Hunt coming in at that price. Plus, if he is out, there's plenty of other serviceable options right around that $6,000 range. Um, 
Chuba Hubbard being my second running back at 5,900, or Chuba Hubbard, I believe, actually. Um, Christian McCaffrey out in that one. Uh, so he's going to get the entire workload over 100 yards last week and five catches. So he's going to be the, clearly the lead back in what should be a very beneficial role. Uh, Keenan Allen is my stack with Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, stacks and correlation are always highly um, uh, having a stack in your lineup is always highly correlated with having a, a better output. Uh, usually these two players will play well together. If one benefits, the other does too. Um, so Keenan Allen's the one I'm going with because Mike Williams is dinged up. So I'm going to stay off, uh, stay away from that this week. Then I'm going with Marquise Brown as my second wide receiver. He's the number six wide receiver in terms of fantasy points this year. He's coming off of 125 and two touchdowns. I think he stays hot. Keep him in your lineup. Uh, Michael Pittman, the target share is fantastic for the Colts. They have been throwing the ball a lot. They're playing against Houston. I think Pittman continues to see um, that high target share and only at 5,500. He's a great value. Then I'm going right back to Mark Andrews. I have him and Marquise Brown in my lineup because I think that game is going to have a high over under. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. He's only 5,200. I think he stays hot as well. I really like the Ravens to put up a lot of points. Uh, and then I'm going to go ahead and with Devonte Booker, who's filling in for an injured Saquon Barkley. He's only 5,400. It is a tougher matchup against the Rams, but he should see a lot of touches and get all the goal line work. He had two touchdowns last week filling in for Barkley. So I think he, there's a chance that, you know, he gets a lot of points. Wayne Gallman previously was very effective in the backup role to Saquon. So I think Booker has a chance here too. And then I'm going with the Lions. They're only 2,100 and they're going against the Bengals. I think that, you know, this team is invigorated by Dan Campbell and we could see them make a couple defensive plays. The Bengals offense, while is improved from last year, they're not quite the high flying throwing offense. They're actually running the ball a lot more. And so they're not really running up the score on team. So I like Detroit Lions as a nice value play at defense. Yeah. And Burrow's health. It, I mean, he's going to be playing this one, but the throat contusion, he would, with that, with that, he didn't, practice too much this week so that's not a bad one either it's a good decent value all right connor i like your lineup this week let me talk about mine i'm gonna go with lamar jackson same reason you talked about with herbert this game is going to be back and forth possibly a very high scoring matchup lamar has just been excellent this year the floor is going to be incredibly high um and you know to, to foreshadow i didn't actually pick any additional receivers for baltimore didn't go with any stacks because i think uh you know lamar may end up just rushing the ball so well that he is just going to be such a great value on his own you know charters really struggle against the run i think they're going to game plan try to keep lamar as contained as possible but lamar jackson is an animal he's unlike any quarterback in the league right now it's going to be a tall order for char the Chargers defense to keep the lid on Lamar Jackson and his potential this week, especially with the addition of Rashad Bateman. It's going to be hard to tell where the, his targets are, are going to go this week as in the in the passing game, but they're going to go somewhere and he's going to get his touchdowns. He's going to have a great game. I like Lamar a lot this week, pay $7,400 for him. All right, my RB1, I'm going with Kareem Hunt as well. You know, no Nick Chubb. The opportunity is going to be there. He, he's got the the wrist and the knee problem. It sounds like the wrist is the bigger issue for him. Uh, and, and really with a wrist problem, it, you know, his legs are still seem to be, you know, moderately to close to hundred percent healthy. I think he's going to get a lot of work in this game um, for just $6,200. You know, Kareem Hunt has uh, 16 career touchdowns in the 15 games that he's played for the Browns without Nick Chubb. He's averaged 4.4 yards per carry, 71 rush yards, 71.9 rush yards per game. He's also got, 449 receiving yards 
12.5 average yards per reception. He's averaged almost 30 yards uh, receiving per game without Chubb and nine receiving touchdowns. He gets the added work without Chubb in there. He's an RB one smash play for me this week, especially without his counterpart there. He's already been excellent with him. He's going to be even better possibly without him. Let me go with D- Daryl Henderson in my RB two spot. Daryl Henderson for the LA Rams. I think that Henderson is an excellent candidate to to continue to improve as the season progresses. Shaking off, you know, he's put the rib injury behind him for a couple of weeks now. He's getting better week in week out. The Rams' offensive line is moving the moving the opposing defensive lines for him really well, creating a lot of space for him. Daryl Henderson has one of the easiest rest of season schedules in the NFL in fantasy. I think he's going to be an excellent play this week and going forward as well. Just $6,000 taking on the New York giants this week, especially with Stafford, you know, maybe he's not hundred percent. He had the finger injury last week. Wasn't necessarily accurate. Maybe the, the Rams go back to a heavier running game in this, in this week, six uh, matchup against the giants. All right. That one wide receiver, one spot Tyreek Hill taking on the Washington football team. I love the chance for huge point totals in this one. And when the chiefs score a lot of points, Oftentimes, you know, it gets funneled. The, the, the football is funneled through Tyree kill. I like the opportunity for multiple touchdowns, maybe a hundred yards plus the kind of player that really, if he goes off and you don't have him on your roster, you could be in trouble because everybody that does is going to be ahead of you in DFS lineups and DFS games. So someone, you, you know, almost like a FOMO deal with, with Tyree kill with yeah. the opportunity, with the opportunity that he, he comes into this game right now, you got to worry about if you don't have him in your roster and he goes off, what, what then? Because you could be SOL at, at that point. He's a, he's a slate breaker for a lot of people. You're exactly. absolutely right. Exactly. All right. Let me go with Jamar chase in my, in my wide receiver two spot. I loved what I saw from chase. You know, I, I'm a believer Chase was excellent last week. I watched a lot of that Packers game. He is an unbelievable talent. I, I, I came into the season, you know, I actually put a little bit of money on his under on his yardage total because I just was not high on him. I thought, I thought that he, um, he, he, you know, he did not play last year in college. He sat out the season. He looked, you know, reports, but reports were saying that he looked, you know, less than spectacular in the preseason. He has a lot of competition in the receiving core with Higgins and Boyd being excellent receivers in their own right. But chase is clearly the guy that Burrow loves in this offense. And chase, I think is going to have a big game here again against Detroit $6,700 in appropriately priced wide receiver two spot here for him. I just, you know, it's, it's in a dome. I think Burroughs, you know, while his throat's not hundred percent, maybe I, I'm pretty certain sure his arm is still. Um, and even when, you know, things aren't going right for the Bengals on offense, Chase is still going to get his work. He's going to eat on Sunday. I like the opportunity for a big game from him. All right. My wide receiver three spot, Robert Woods, Robert Woods last week, best week of his, of his season broke out in a big way. He saw 40% of the target share last week, easily the biggest mark of his season so far. He's uh, on the year including that game. He's, he's seen 23% of targets in this Rams passing attack. He jumped up to 40 last week. He saw 39% of his, of targets on his routes, uh, his routes run. So he's, he, when he, when he's running routes, he's getting, he's getting work. He saw, he ran routes on 95% of passing plays. His average depth of target was 9.3, 30% of the air yards went to him last week. He was an excellent receiver for Stafford last weekend. I think he's starting to realize the value of woods and we saw what cup was capable of early in the season. I think we're going to start to see some of the uh, same, you know, trends start to develop for woods. I like him in this matchup, just $6,100, a well-priced wide receiver three here for my DFS lineup. Tight end spot, Ricky seals Jones. 
I want to grab another receiver in this game. I think there's gonna be a lot of points. Taylor Heineke is going to be throwing against the most porous defense in the NFL right now. The chiefs defense, we talked about it already really struggling this year. Ricky Seals Jones going to get some, a, a good amount of targets here. And uh, you know, while McLaurin's the guy to target, you know, the guy to target your DFS lamps, if he's healthy, I think Ricky Seals Jones could be, you know, the, the second option and see, and see a touchdown or two. Um, I like his opportunity first. She's only three thousand dollars. What a what a great value for the tight end position, in my opinion. Definitely mispriced just because they didn't factor in the Thomas injury that he's going to be a starter. Nine for targets sure. last week. Love for it. sure, for sure. All right, my my flex spot. This is one of my best values of the week. Uh, Randall Cobb, receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Randall Cobb has excellent excellent stats against the Chicago Bears. And that's why I went with it. I love Randall Cobb against the Bears. He, 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 he chews them up. I think he has like 13 career touchdowns against the Bears. He owns them. I think he, when he's on the Packers, I think they're like 13 and two against the Bears straight up. He owns them. He owns them. And we saw Rodgers already have uh, some games where the, the mind meld connection with Cobb was evident. You know, he, he loves Cobb. And, and, you know, he had a slow week last week. The price is down again here against Chicago. Um, you know, the bears have a, a above average defense. They're, they're a quality defense and they're going to be trying their best to slow down Devonte Adams. They're not going to Adams is still the best receiving option in this game, in this uh, matchup for the Packers. But I think Cobb could see some of the target share additionally as well. No Marquez Valdez Scantling. He's, he's on IR, you know, more of the targets are going to start getting fed to Cobb. I think he's a good matchup play here um, in the, in my flex spot, just $3,900. It allowed me to get some really good value across the board here, finding a good value like him. All right. My next, my next and final player, my defense, the Houston Texans, Texans, like you think like Texans are lousy this year. They're pretty bad. But when you look at the advanced stats on defense, they're actually not bad. They're league average. They're 15th in defensive DVOA. They struggle against the run. So worry a little bit about Jonathan Taylor eating this, this defense up, but I think they're the third cheapest defense on the, on the week, just $2,200. This could be a decent opportunity to, uh, you know, get, get a few points, add add a little bit of value to your, to your roster uh, by just saving money on the Texans defense. I think that they keep it within reason. You know, I'm not, I'm not, Aside from last week, I haven't been impressed by anything that the Colts have done. You know, the Colts looked better last week against the Ravens. Surprisingly, Wednesday, I think through for over 400 yards, but I don't really see that happening again. Honestly, I mean, it was prime time, kind of a crazy game. They got out to an early lead. They clearly game planned well, and they had that game circled on their calendar going into Monday night pretty heavily. Um, I think, that, you know, maybe the Colts kind of lay an egg here in this matchup against the Texans. It's I think it's a good value. Wentz has historically been a fan of the, uh, the interception or the fumble as well, you know, so, <laughs> yeah, a fan would be li- putting it lightly is in a long-term relationship with the turnover. <laughs> you could say definitely, definitely. All right, Connor, that's going to do it here for our DFS lamps. Would you like to read yours off super quickly before we wrap it up? Justin Herbert, Kareem Hunt, Chuba Hubbard, Keenan Allen, Marquise Brown, Michael Pittman, Mark Andrews, Devonte Booker and the Detroit lions. All right. I like it. I'm going with Lamar Jackson, Kareem Hunt, Daryl Henderson, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Robert Woods, Ricky Seals, Joan, Randall Cobb, and the Houston Texans defense. That's going to do it here for our DFS lineups. Remember to go to our website. Connor's going to get up our best values for DFS as well. We have a few guys that you might want to target outside of these handful of guys that we've highlighted here in this segment. Absolutely. All right, Connor. 
That's going to do it here for episode 87 of Vicious Talk with Benny P, our week six picks as well as our DFS lamps. Had a lot of fun talking with this with you, Connor, over this uh, week six slate of games. Looking forward to catching them um, tomorrow. Remember to um, go to our website to catch our ATA power rankings. We had our hand, running back handcuff draft last week. I would definitely recommend listening to that if you haven't already. We have, you know, running backs dropping like flies nowadays in fantasy football. Make sure, make sure you get the insurance back up here for your, your, uh, your top tier running back plays in fantasy. I, I can't recommend that enough. Any last words, Connor? No, just uh, make sure to check out allthingsanalysis.com and, you know, make sure to uh, hop on Vicious Talk with Benny P and, you know, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. And, you know, keep stay tuned to our um, to our Instagram and Twitter, yeah. social go media. Buy, go buy Vicious Talk with Benny P shirts on our Shopify, too. Hell yeah. <laughs> all right, Connor. It's been uh, it's been a blast here for episode 87. That's going to do it here. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Vicious Talk with Benny P on all your podcast platforms. We'd really appreciate some help. Like I said last week, if you don't want to give me five stars, at least give me the opportunity to earn that last star. You know, give me like a start sick question, message us in the Instagram. If we get it wrong, I'll, I'll accept the four star, the three star ranking. If you absolutely feel the need to, I promise you, we're going to do our best to give you the best fantasy advice going forward for us this the season. We've been doing really well this year. We're going to keep the hot start rolling, buddy. Hell yeah. Love it. All right, Connor, don't forget to ask yourself at the end of the day, are you vicious? <laughs>